And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Welcome. I'm Tom Laurie, and I will be your host today. Thank you for joining us. The highly successful Broadway show Hamilton is a leap of imagination, a somersault into the world of creativity. Its creator, Manuel Miranda, has a gift. He makes us feel differently about ourselves and the world we live in. Today's show is about how we can all have this gift, the potential to move people, excite them, and ignite their imagination. Our guest is communications expert Carmen Gallo. He is the best-selling author of nine books, including Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Get from Good to Great, Talk Like Ted, and The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. His books have been translated into 40 languages. He has been featured in the Wall Street Journal, on CNBC, MSNBC, and ABC's 2020. He is also a frequent contributor to Forbes, Inc., Business Week, and Talking Leadership. I will begin by admitting that I am a communications junkie, so this is going to be a lot of fun for me, and we may go in many unplanned directions as uh, we talk. We have a lot to get to, to get to, so let's get started with a warm welcome to Carmen, who has just returned from the East Coast, where he was teaching an executive program at Harvard. Uh, you, you, who are you? Welcome, Carmen. First of all, well, thank you, Tom, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to be one of the mentors this week. That's great. And you were at Harvard last week. What were you teaching, and who were you teaching? Over the last three years, I've uh, gotten involved with uh, programs at Harvard in the Office of Executive Education. And so for me, it's fantastic because at least twice a year, I get invited to lecture uh, and to be an instructor for groups of senior executives, primarily in real estate development uh, areas. So these are uh, influential and successful developers from all over the world. And so I get this opportunity to speak to executives who are looking for more advanced communication skills, Tom. And I I think that's the theme from a lot of my books. Uh, They are already very successful. That's what I mean by they're already good. How do you get to that next level where you are ultimately far more persuasive than you've ever imagined? Uh, Those are advanced concepts and advanced communication skills, which is what I like to write about and focus on. Uh, Did you think you'd be doing this when you were 16 years old? No, but in college, uh, when I was writing uh, for the the Daily Bruin, you know, I went I went to UCLA. Uh, I knew I wanted to do something in journalism, so I spent uh, I went I got a master's degree at Northwestern after college, and I spent fifteen years in the in the journalism field, which I know you've got a, a background in in that as well. So you and I are kindred spirits. And you've done some TV as well, as I recall. Most of my journalism career was in television, broadcast television. And 
then I started to transition to broadcast TV news. So I was working at CNN Financial, CNN Money, out of New York, covering Wall Street. Uh, but I'm a Bay Area boy. I'm from San Jose, grew up in San Jose, and I wanted to come back to the Bay Area. And uh, especially around that time was when the dot-com boom was happening. And I feel I felt like I was missing out on something exciting going, going happening in my hometown. Uh, so I came back to the, the Bay Area and... I've been here ever since. And you, um, along the way, what what surprises came along uh, as you were moving on your journey? The big transition happened in New York when I realized that the top economists and Wall Street finance, financial people and CEOs were not necessarily the most uh, articulate, uh, especially about their companies or about the stories uh, that they could tell. I just thought there was a huge gap in communication skills, it, even at that level. And, and that's where I began to think about myself as uh, more of a coach and someone who I, uh, where I could start transitioning out of journalism and into writing and teaching communication skills. And were there any people that inspired you or you learned from along the way? Well, ever since then, I, I, I've done a lot of writing. Uh, this is my ninth book, uh, and I write for Forbes and Inc., like you mentioned at the beginning of the show. And so I meet uh, a considerable number of great and inspiring CEOs along the way. And the, the ones who are focused on communication are the ones who I really uh, – you know, I'm inspired by people like Richard Branson, who I've met uh, two or three times now, and I've talked to about communication and storytelling. Uh, here in the local area, people like John Chambers at uh, at Cisco Systems, who was the CEO for 20 years. I've gotten to know him a little bit, and he is uh, focused on improving everyone's communication skills at a certain level uh, in the executive room. So it's those type of people who inspire me, the the folks who understand that to be your best, you need to be persuasive, you need to be a great communicator, and you need to inspire your listeners. And today, what would you tell that uh, 16-year-old way back when, when you were still sorting life out? Keep following your passion. Do what you love because that uh, is, you know, the the path to happiness. And and I'm so glad that I was able to do that after after college. You know, Tom, I went into journalism because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning and passing that on to other people. And I enjoy what I'm doing today. Uh, I, I don't feel like this is not work. You know, sitting here in the studio talking to you about this subject is not work. Uh, we, we were just up in Lake Tahoe uh, two weeks ago, and I, before we went out boating or, or jet skiing, I was the guy who got up at 5.30 in the morning, as I do almost every day, to write or to read or to research. And I realized that even on vacation, I'm doing that because it's not work for me. So for the last 15 or 20 years, that my career is exactly what I love to do. And I think that's what makes me fairly successful as an author because I'm constantly learning something new and trying to pass that on to my readers. You've got the reporter's instinct. You ought to get the story. There's always a story, right, Tom? Yeah, and you're always a story. turning over the rocks and looking for the story. <laughs> and Northwestern and the Medell School of Journalism is near and dear to my heart. I grew up in Chicago. And my grandfather, who was the editor and publisher of the Sun-Times, all of his papers are, were given to the uh, 
School of Journalism. And, if, and for those that are in the audience that don't know, Medill is one of the top journalism schools in the country, if not the world. So we're going to go to break. Hang on. We're going to come right back with communications guru Carmen Gallo, who is the best-selling author of nine books on communications and is a frequent contributor to Forbes. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with communications expert Carmen Gallo, and we're discussing how you can take charge of any room, sell products, build brands, engage teams, and convey ideas persuasively. Now, in one of your books, uh, you make a comment that our mission in life is to enrich lives. Could you just touch on that? I thought that was very interesting. A lot of people don't understand what their mission in life is. Yeah. You know, I think I learned that from uh, when I was writing about Apple and Steve Jobs. So I've written three books on Steve Jobs and Apple, primarily from a communication perspective. I wrote The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. Um, And that book became an international bestseller. And it is still used today by a, a lot of executives and a lot of entrepreneurs to communicate more effectively. But as I was studying Apple, I came across that phrase. And I think that was a Steve Jobs phrase originally, Tom. And I just thought that applied to so many aspects of life. Uh, but it also made him uh, such an interesting speaker. And he was focused on not on making products, but on enriching lives. And I thought if you have that perspective on everything you do from your career, from the products you build, from the companies you start, uh, if you enrich a person's life or enrich the lives of your customers, that's a very different company. And from a communication perspective, it's a very different message than we make computers, for example. To enrich lives means that we we make tools that will uh, unleash your creativity. Uh, th- that's very different because if I say I'm just in the business of making computers, I'm going to miss some big transitions. Instead, by enriching people's lives, Apple was able to go into other areas like Apple Watch and and iPads and, and, and iPhones. Uh, so I think that that concept, don't go into it thinking, what, what is it that I make, but how do I enrich a person's life? And I think about that in my writing too. How do I enrich your life? How do I make you better? Uh, it, it's just, it, it adds a completely different dimension and layer to everything you do. Well, that uh, then translates, uh, having followed your work, into the role of communication, which is when you're enriching somebody's life, you're creating a relationship. And communication is such an important part of building a relationship. And as you pointed out in your book, as you build relationships, you build communities. And Steve Jobs certainly did that. And it's uh, in the community that we find real happiness. And maybe you could touch a little bit on that thought. I, I I thought that was very profound as well. We we lack a lot of community today. No, and but isn't it interesting that the greatest speakers uh, of our time and in, historically are those who bring community together? 
And, and so that's why I've always enjoyed studying persuasion and speaking and communication. You know, there's a great book called um, Leading in Turbulent Times, Doris Kearns Goodwin, a famous historian. And she talks a lot about uh, people like Abraham Lincoln and Franklin Roosevelt and Teddy Roosevelt. A lot of it has to do with communication and storytelling and how they brought people together. So if it hadn't been for Abraham Lincoln studying communication and public speaking, and getting better at it and understanding how to tell a story and bring people together, you never would have had an Abe Lincoln and you never would have had a, the, uh, the, the end of slavery. You know? So all I, I look at history from the, the American Revolution to Abraham Lincoln to Martin Luther King, uh, all great movements brought together communities, but all great movements start from a person usually one person who can influence others because they're great public speakers. And that's why it's so important to, to improve your communication skills. And Warren Buffett made a comment that a person can increase their value by 50, 50% with uh, being a good public speaker. That's one aspect. Writing is another. But that, that uh, idea that – because so many people don't realize they can have an impact. Uh, and what we're talking about today, we're going to get into some of the nuts and bolts of that, is all of us can have an impact. But we have to practice. Uh, That's train, what, understand the, so yeah. understanding the basics, let's start with the brain. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the brain and <laughs> communication. Well, there's a lot uh, to go on. Uh, one of my mentors, speaking of mentors, is from afar is a guy named John Medina. I don't know if you've ever read his books. He has a book called Brain Rules, and he is a molecular biologist at the University of Washington in the, in the medical school. And he is one of the foremost experts on how the brain processes information. So a lot of material I get from him, uh, and he and I have a you know good relationship, and we know of each other. Uh, but it's amazing that w the more you understand of how the brain works, the more persuasive you can be. Because my argument, especially over the last two or three books I've written, is that our tools of communication have changed over the last 2,000 years since Aristotle f wrote the first book on persuasion. Uh, he, you know, he didn't have uh, remote studios like we have and, and Skype and PowerPoint, but the human brain has not changed. So if you understand how the brain works and how it processes information, then you can be far more persuasive than you've ever imagined. And that's why I like to read uh, scientific papers and talk to scientists who study persuasion in the brain. Everyone from uh, Yuri Hassan at Princeton University, who studies storytelling specifically, uh, to Paul Zak in Southern California, who studies neurochemicals in the brain and what happens when you hear a story, for example. Uh, so, so, Tom, we can spend the whole hour just on uh, storytelling and the brain and communication and the brain. But let me give you just one, Here, one thing I've learned. Just one second? Yeah. This is Tom Lohr. You're listening to The Mentors Radio. Our guest mentor today is Carmen Gallo, communications consigliere to thousands individually and through his books and public speaking. Please go on. Let me tell you just one thing I've learned about uh, the brain and, and storytelling specifically, because I don't think a lot of executives understand that storytelling is a powerful, powerful tool to change hearts and minds. When two people are engaged in telling each other a story, story about their personal lives or stories um, uh, about their experiences, 
a remarkable change happens in the brain. And they're studying this by putting people on MRI machines and even taking blood draws to measure neurochemicals like oxytocin and cortisol and dopamine. So, Tom, this stuff to me is fascinating, where uh, th- there's a guy named Paul Zak who actually looks at neurochemicals in the, in the bloodstream. When someone hears another person tell a story, let's say a heartwarming story, uh, they are more likely to give money to a particular charity. So we all know that because that's how charities work. They, put, they try to put a face to the, the problem. Well, what happens is the people who give more money have a higher level of cortisol in their bloodstream. Cortisol and, um, and, and oxytocin are the, are the moral molecules, the bonding molecules. Uh, so these are the type of things that when you hear stories, there is a physical reaction in someone's mind and in their body. So if you, if you understand that, then you're going to be far more persuasive because you understand how to connect with people. Uh, on a, on that molecular level, that's what I found f- absolutely fascinating about the science of communication. There's so much to learn, and it's all about emotions, isn't it? It really is. I mean, facts uh, facts don't sell. I um, mean, I I'm in the business. I I on. am in the yeah. business of raising money and startups, and I, yeah. and I know that uh, the sale, ninety percent of a sale, I don't care what it raising money buying is. Emotional. And most people won't tell you that, right? Most right. people will say, well, it's all about the facts and the information. And, I, and I'll always make decisions based on logic and reason. And yet every single one of us is run by emotion. Emotion is, uh, you know, the, the, the primary way that we make decisions. And, and, you, and you know this, I'm sure. The science shows that if you don't have emotion, um, you cannot make a decision, you know, so we have to be emotional beings. So why not tap into that when you're trying to communicate and, and connect with people? And a good, uh, a good example you showed is that uh, we remember these things that are good stories, particularly those that uh, impact our emotions. Uh, and you raised the question in there uh, in one of your books about, uh, re- do you remember your first kiss? Yeah. Everybody remembers their first kiss and why it was a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Or it may be something, it could be something traumatic, you know, a car accident or something. As you go through life and you look back, it's these emotional um, moments. We're going to come right back. Uh, we're up against a break. We're, gonna be, we're with Carmen Gallo, who's the author of nine books and is a frequent contributor to Forbes. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with communications expert Carmen Gallo, who's authored nine best-selling books on communications, including Five Stars, The Communication Secrets to Get from Good to Great, Talk Like Ted, and The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. We're delighted with the response that our show has been receiving. If you've missed any of this show or any previous shows, you can download our podcast by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. That is thementorsradio.com. Remember to, to subscribe while you're there so you do not miss any future shows. All of our content is available for free. You mentioned Aristotle. Let's talk a little bit about Aristotle. I know he's the foundation for a lot of your work. Tell us about the secrets of his uh, 
program is absolutely you know aristotle more than 2000 years ago first wrote the rhetoric which historically was really fascinating tom because at the time the uh, greek uh politicians and leaders and the elites at that time uh, believed that rhetoric and which is persuasion and public speaking uh, were classified for the elites and for politicians and so aristotle wrote a book where he said anybody can learn the skills of public speaking and communication and uh, that caused created quite a stir back then. Uh, But what's amazing, Tom, is the more you research what uh, Aristotle wrote 2,000 years ago, the more you realize none of this is new. Not one thing about the way we present today is new. It's 2,000 years old. We can apply all uh, all of the secrets and the formulas that Aristotle had back then to today. Who was the first person who said you should tell a story if you want to persuade? And a story has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Guy named Aristotle. Who was the first to say you should use an analogy and a metaphor if you want to make a concept understandable? Aristotle. Who was the first person to say you should keep things short? Substantial enough to give people information, but keep it short because the brain gets bored easily. Guy named Aristotle. Tom, I'm telling you, everything. If you study Aristotle, everything we know about communication can be traced back 2,000 years. Did he say <laughs> that we shouldn't use bullet points on PowerPoint slots? <laughs> he he did. I, I'll tell you something. Close, close. He did talk about. Uh, the the reason why metaphor works is because it creates visual images in your mind. So yes, he, he actually did address that. The reason why you don't want to focus on pow- on uh, text, which is the worst way to get information across on PowerPoint, yeah, we all do it, um, is because it's the least effective way of connecting with someone's brain. Uh, we are visual people. So people want to focus on you get delivering information and a picture or an image to reinforce that uh, that particular concept, but we do, you know, PowerPoint is not a storytelling tool, Tom. I, it, it supports stories and it supports good communication, but I don't think it's, it. you don't go, you don't start from PowerPoint first. Well, I first became aware of you when you wrote the book, The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs, and there's a subtitle, and that is... Um, how to be insanely great in front of any audience. And I was really uh, captivated, and I found you on a video on YouTube. I suspect it's still around if people want to go find it. Uh, But it really captured my attention. Yeah, we've known each other for many years. Um, And like I said, we're kindred spirits when it comes to communication. And I still uh, still challenge people today, Tom. I I don't know of any uh, executive business leader anywhere in the world who had the complete package that Steve Jobs did. Mm -hmm. The ability, uh, not just the charisma, but the ability to inspire and excite and and create these dramatic presentations that just drew you in and wanted and made you want to be a part of his world. It was a unique and remarkable skill. And he used pictures. When you, I mean, his slides, when you go through, I mean, he used the pictures, then he told the story. Yeah. 
he, and was, he was that, telling stories in 1984 before we had presentation tools like Apple Keynote or PowerPoint. He was telling dramatic stories. Uh, in 1984, when Steve Jobs introduced the first Macintosh, it wasn't just about a computer. Uh, he started that presentation. Again, no slides back then. He started that presentation to introduce Macintosh with, um, you know, Big Blue and IBM. is it, It's going to conquer the world and it's turning its guns on the last bastion of freedom. Apple. I mean, it was like the stuff of drama. But he was a storyteller. Even back then, when he was he was beginning, he understood the power of story uh, to convince people. This is Tom Laurie. You're listening to The Mentors Radio. Our guest today is Carmen Gallo, communications consigliere to thousands individually and through his books and public speaking. So, Can I use that? To cons- I like that. Communication <laughs> consigliere. I've never used that on my business card, Tom. You, you can own it. <laughs> so when we think of so the thing that's interesting about Jobs is here he, he has his, his presentation, his slides are very simple. And, and so many em, try to emulate him uh, today. It's fascinating to watch him, even, even down to the black shirt and the black pants. And Elizabeth Holmes is a great example. It yep. didn't work for her. Yep. But um, she's going to be in a striped shirt, striped pants. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, but you know, the, the, Tom, I don't want to get too far into that. Uh, but, you know, when you when you understand a lot about persuasion, you could also see through people. And there was a, there was a lot of affect with uh, Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, I, I just remember, you know, I never wrote about her. I write a lot about entrepreneurs and uh, successful people. And even though she was on the cover of magazines, I never wrote about her because there was something that was effective. It, it wasn't. Uh, it was a. It was put on. And obviously, I couldn't prove it back then and didn't have anything to go oh, on. I, it was just a feeling that something's not right here. I, I never wrote about her. And they're Ever. writing about her now and yep. her deep voice and mm-hmm. how phony all that yep. was. And that yep. was a put on that people thought it was her. Uh, coming back to Steve, I mean, what I find fascinating is people will watch Jobs, watch one of those presentations, walk out, and then go right back into their office and do bullet points and complex slides. The battle I always have with people that I work with is the complex slide. How do you, how do you, how do you move them away from that? Tom, I just learned not too long ago from Guy Kawasaki, who's a marketing uh, guru and who was one of the first marketing guys over at Apple. Uh, I just learned this. I did not know it when I wrote my book that uh, Steve Jobs used a 190-point font on his slides. 190-point. So what happens if you use 190-point, Tom? You can only put one word on a slide. So it, it really focused. It, it was uh, his slides were mostly images, one or two words to reinforce the point because the slides weren't the story. He was the storyteller. The message, the the products were the story, not the slides. The slides are simply meant to complement the story. Tom, I think the problem is is you don't. It, it takes courage to do that. I, I think it takes courage to keep it simple, courage to be visual, courage to put one word on a slide. Uh, yeah, because people don't want to be too different. Uh, they, they want it to, yeah. you know, they, they don't want to shake things up too much because that takes that takes some confidence to do. And the other thing people don't realize is to give a good presentation, to give a good talk, is hard work. Yeah. It takes great discipline. I, what, what fascinated me when I read that book was how much time he spent rehearsing this was not just get up and give 
whatever. He really rehearsed that. And since I wrote that book, I've learned that Steve Jobs rehearsed far more than even I knew back when I wrote that first book. Uh, so, yeah, the, the rehearsal and the practice and the intensity of, of every line and every message, uh, that's something that separates the great speakers from the average ones. Hold on to that thought. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about that when we return. Uh, we're with Carmen Gallo, who's the author of nine best-selling books and a contributor to Forbes. If you have any questions or feedback, call anytime at 844-810-8255. That's 844-810-TALK. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I am with communications expert Carmen Gallo, who's authored nine best-selling books on communications. When we left the last segment, we were talking about the hard work that uh, or the, the effort that Steve Jobs invested in each of his presentations. <clears throat> and I, I know you well enough, and I know communications well. Communications is hard work. You can't, you can't skate by and learn how to do it. For, you heard Buffett said you can increase your value by 50%, and communications is speaking, writing, a whole bunch of things, how you touch other people, even on a daily basis. Um, so... Talk a little bit about the the writing. Yeah. I mean, that's another aspect. Is and you know we live in a world today where people are on a hundred and well, it's more than hundred and forty <laughs> whatever bits now. But yeah. writing has gone down the tubes. Well, <laughs> no one writes a letter anymore, right? Uh, yeah, ri- writing is pretty atrocious. Uh, th- that reminds me, though, of you know on that Steve Jobs topic. Let's go with one of his great quotes: uh, "Simple is harder than complex." You know, simple is harder than complex. Uh, But when you can get simple, you can move mountains. And so I think that applies to public speaking, presentations. Uh, Yes, it is something. The reason why I can continue to write books, Tom, and the reason why I'm learning something new every day is because I think communication is a gray area. Um, There's a a number of ways you can be persuasive, and I I learn something new every day from someone I I speak to or who I interview. Uh, It's... To get really advanced is a little complicated, but the great ones like Steve Jobs or other great communicators and Warren Buffett is becoming an excellent communicator and Bill Gates certainly is transforming himself into a great uh, speaker as well. Uh, They work at it. They work at it really, really hard. And uh, Warren Buffett is a perfect example. Somebody who is terrified of public speaking, uh, dropped out of his first public speaking course paid $100. The best ROI ever, Tom, was Warren Buffett spending $100 on a public speaking course. <laughs> he said it was a, he said that is the only certificate, the degree that he has in his office. He said that on CNBC. He said the only degree I have in my office is not my MBA, but it's it's my public speaking degree. Uh, and and do you recommend Programs like Toastmasters and things like that for people to, to get, put their toe in the water and get started. You know, that's not a bad way to practice, Tom, because it's sort of like exposure therapy. You would be surprised at how many very accomplished uh, CEOs and other uh, business leaders who I meet who are still very self-conscious about uh, public speaking or presentations. So it's that's 
in order to get over that, there's only one way, exposure therapy. Do it. Do it a lot. Uh, basic psychology, right? You just have to do it and practice. Um, and that's the way you get over and your fear and become more confident. Well, I, for me, uh, writing was something I really had to work at over the years. I still work at it. Uh, and I started by writing book reviews back in 1999. And I spent, as you just saw, I spent a lot of time uh, organizing my thoughts into but what I've learned in doing book reviews, and anybody can do them, you can go on Amazon, anything you read, you can review, and then mm-hmm. people are going to vote on your review, which is yeah. a feedback loop, is that you uh, have, you know, you're writing because you know there's going to be an audience out there. Yeah. And that forces you to think through how you're communicating. It's a very uh, good practice for those people that want to develop their uh, skills. I also think Twitter, I'm not a big fan of Twitter, but Twitter forces you to take big ideas and make them very Easily communicated in what two hundred eighty bits now, right? Mm-hmm. Well, hundred. Well, it's, that's why I didn't like it going to two eighty. <laughs> uh, I liked one forty because I thought one hundred forty characters, Tom, was a fantastic, and I still use it as an exercise. If you can condense uh, your main idea into one hundred forty characters, that's hard to do. But it's very, very powerful when you do. Now, if you start going, if you start allowing people to ramble and to talk longer and to write longer sentences, um, it doesn't, it's not as strong as keeping it short and simple. Uh, but that, that, again, that's a skill and it's hard to do. It takes practice and exercise. But this whole thing about writing, uh, I, to this day, I have a, a new writing book that I just purchased on, on my Kindle app and I'm reading a new writing book. I go to masterclass online and I, and I watch uh, James Patterson, maybe other novelists who talk about the process of writing because you, as you know, it's hard to be a good writer who is clear and understandable and interesting and exciting. There's always something new to learn. Well, there's a great return on that investment, though. That's what people don't realize. You and I understand that. We've had a good return on that. This is Tom Lohr. You're listening to Mentors Radio. Our guest mentor today is Carmen Gallo. Communications consigliere to thousands individually through his books and public speaking. Um, We were, uh, we'd like to talk a little bit about your latest book, which is Five Stars. Why the title five stars i was doing i originally was doing research into uh and you've had people on your show before on a hosp on hospitality brands like the ritz carlton and other brands uh and i noticed that the different do you know what the difference between a four star brand and a five star luxury hotel the difference is in how people are trained to make emotional connections with their guests and so the difference between you know a three or four star a three-star, which is average, and a five-star, which is exceptional, and fewer than 1% of hotels in the world are five-star, is emotion. It is emotion and communication. I studied hospitals, and I, I, I talked to hospital leaders. I didn't know at the time that hospitals are rated on a five-star system. The difference between a four-star hospital and a five-star has to do with communication between staff, between staff and patients, 70% of the way hospitals are rated involve communication. Uh, So I I just thought this whole, I I now use it as a metaphor because I think uh, in hospitality and hospitals in any organization, only about 1% reach this elevated status that separate themselves from the pack. And that's the way it is in business 
in the business profession too. There's only a small percentage of people who are so gifted with public speaking and communication that they separate themselves from their peers and the rest of the competition. And who was the target audience you had in mind when you wrote that book? Young people, <laughs> young people, uh, people coming out of college or, or doing a career change. Uh, those are the people who, who need to understand that they have a power if they can just develop it. And it's been a very successful book. And for my audience uh, that's interested is a lot of the subjects we've covering in the show today are covered in the book. Uh, in much greater detail. Yes. I mean, you can't uh, walk away from this show with all the. There's th- a whole chapter there's, just there's on metaphor. Nine yeah. steps on this, seven <laughs> secrets on that. I mean, he goes through everything and dumps everything into that book. Uh, we're going to uh, cut to a break. Uh, when we return, we'll continue our discussion with communications guru Carmen Gallo. If uh, you can, like us on Facebook at TheMentorsRadio.com. You'll find all of our show notes and links at TheMentorsRadio.com. That's TheMentorsRadio.com. This is Tom Laurie, and this is The Mentors Radio. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back. This is Tom Laurie, and I'm with communications expert Carmen Gallo, and we've had a great discussion about how you can take charge of any room, sell products, build brands, engage engage teams, and convey ideas persuasively through communications. So we were talking uh, when we uh, left the last segment, and you wanted to continue with the thought about why this is really important today. Well, I wrote five stars after first interviewing and just talking to economists and historians. And they're the ones, Tom, who led me to this area of research that shows that persuasion, your ability to change hearts and minds and to connect with people um, in a public speaking capacity is more important today than ever before in human history. And I didn't quite understand why I didn't understand why they were saying that. Uh, But according to historians, you know, real quickly in 20 seconds, uh, during the ag age, your value was locked up in in your hands and on the land, which is most of human history. Then the Industrial Revolution, our our, uh, value is locked up in the factories. But today, for the first time, really in the last 50 years, that you can see an unprecedented increase in in your influence and your success by, sh- by your ideas. So ideas are today's currency. Well, as Lee Iacocca said, as Warren Buffett has said, as many others have said, it, you can have great ideas, but if you cannot communicate your ideas persuasively, they don't, it doesn't matter. You'll, <laughs> you'll still be left behind. You won't be nearly as successful as you could be. So if your value is in your ideas, what is persuasion? Persuasion is connecting words and ideas to move you to take action on my ideas. If I can't do that, uh, then I won't be nearly as successful as I, as I could be. Well, and we, when we chatted last week, talked a little bit about ideas and pitching and people pitching in the, what I call the three-step process. Uh, and for those out there that are out trying to raise money, you have to have a headline to draw people in. And it's got to have that emotional component and something that surprises them. And then because Carmen and I both understand journalism, the first 
if you understood the first paragraph in a news story, it's the who, what, why, when, where. Mm-hmm. That So they go down, they learn a little bit more. And if you capture them in the first paragraph, they go into the rest of the story. Maybe you could, you're the journalism expert, not me, but your thought on that. I mean, this is getting to how do you pitch? Yeah, and you, yeah. and you, can't, you can't overwhelm them initially. You've got to have some hook. You know, I, I spoke to a venture capitalist uh, here in Silicon Valley, Tom, who was one of the seed investors in Airbnb, the folks over at Y Combinator, which I'm sure many of our listeners have heard of. Uh, and one of the main investors told me something completely reframed the way I look at communication. I've been studying this for 20 years. I made the mistake, and this is something good for all of our audience. I made the mistake of calling storytelling and communication skills a soft skill. I said, let's talk about a soft skill like storytelling. And he looked at me and he corrected me. And he said, if you're an entrepreneur with nothing but an idea and you can't tell a story to, to draw me into your journey, then I'm not going to invest in you. And then he, and he looked at me and in all seriousness said, you call storytelling and public speaking, you call it uh, soft. I call it fundamental. And I thought, Tom, this, I'm the guy who writes about this stuff. And I minimized the, the talent. I minimized it. And so I don't even use the word soft skill anymore. The, the hard data show that the soft skill of persuasion is more fundamental to your success than ever before. And I fully agree with that. Now we got about a minute left. I'd like uh, your thoughts on um, what you believe to be true about happiness. Finding your own path and without letting the noise of the rest of you know society get in the way of finding your own true path and doing what you're where your heart is leading you to. I think that's, I think that's true happiness. And if you were to refer a book other than one you wrote to somebody that's really interested in the field, what would be the number one book that you'd recommend? Uh, I, I mentioned it earlier and, uh, and I would go to it again. And that's a leading in turbulent times by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Um, but also the Daniel Kahneman book, um, uh, uh, thinking, I'm sorry, I think it's yeah, thinking, thinking fast. fast, comma, slow, right? right? Daniel Kahneman's book. Uh, that has more information about persuasion and communication than, than you realize. And he's a Nobel Prize winning uh, economist, so it's excellent. Well, we've run out of time. That's it until next week. Uh, thank you very much, Carmen, for sharing your precious time and insights on developing our communication skills. Remember, if you've tuned in late, you can listen to this and past shows by downloading podcasts by going to our website, thementorsradio.com. When you're there, make it easy for yourself and subscribe to future shows. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back next weekend at this time for the next edition of The Mentors Radio. Until then, this is Tom Laurie signing off for today. Remember, be all that you can be and keep the candle lit for all who struggle in the darkness. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.